Last week, on Banter Banter, we dove into a bit of superhero conversation. And most of it was looking at Big Daddy Mouse Marveloso movies and their superhero situations and things that we were trying to get back in touch with because a lot has come out over the past decade. There's a lot of stuff to consume. But I wanted to hold a mirror up because we talk about superheroes. And there's always the other side to those superheroes. And so this week... The sidekicks, got it. On Banter Banter, I want us to look at the supervillains. Because without supervillains, there are no superheroes. So, Mike, that's me. And my co-host, Manny. That's also me. We're going to dive into supervillain stuff. My first question to you, Manny, is going to be focused in a narrow concept driven by a comedy superhero movie that I watched recently. Is it Kick-Ass? We'll worry about what movie it is in a moment. Oh, I don't like that answer. First, what I want to ask you is, if you could be a super villain and select your power, what power would you have? Invulnerability. Invulnerability. That's a fair choice. As I've stated in the past about generic superpowers that I would like, I would like the ability to live forever. With the caveat of, like, getting shot would kill me if I got hit in the right spot. So, I don't know if that would be a super villainy power, but <laughs> it's still the power I want to purchase. It's like, oh, Mike, we should have known. His weakness was bullets. Oh, or poisons. Or lack of oxygen. Or any of those things that kill other mortals. He can stop a moving bullet once. And then he's in trouble. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on where it hits me. I think I could stop several moving bullets as long as they hit certain body parts. And I was maybe like thousands of yards away, so it had lost a lot of its velocity by the time it hit me. Maybe with the long life, you would get a better pain tolerance, but... I kind of imagine your first being shot, regardless of where it is, it's probably at least a little bit staggering. Over centuries, I almost acquire the Neo lean back dodge ability, but really all I do is I jump backwards at the right moment, and so that slows the impact because I'm moving with the bullet as it hits me. <laughs> and that pulls some of the energy away, so it's not as bad. So I can take more of them. I can only jump back four times each fight. It's going to be difficult action economy. And then you have to take a short rest, <laughs> which, depending on the edition, may be anywhere between 15 minutes and two hours. Okay, so now that you've selected your superpower, I'm going to give you the premise that was the catalyst for the plot of the superhero movie that I watched, which is, you have now been dropped into generic medium to large size metropolis 
of every town USA. You have 20 years unopposed. Oh, wait. So did you actually see a movie or did you just watch someone play Fortnite? No, I did not. The part about being dropped into an urban landscape kind of brought up some nightmares about games that turns out aren't for me. Go on. So you're forced to fly in on a kite into medium to large size metropolis every town USA and you are given 20 years unopposed there are no superheroes to stop you the generic police of local city and state cannot stop you from doing any of the evilly power superpower things you do what would your plan be? How would you go about being a supervillain in a medium to large sized metropolis unopposed for 20 years? Hmm. Ooh, do you want the easy answer or the more complicated one? I want you to give the answer that you think you would actually do in that scenario. All right, with invulnerability, I would start off as kind of a bit of a sideshow. Maybe even go as far as to pretend to be the good guy, you know, rush into the burning building, etc. And then, after everybody's gotten comfortable with my general presence while larger or pettier ne'er-do-wells go and do their thing, which I won't necessarily do anything about unless they're immediately in my way, then... After maybe five years, I would seek political career because now I'm that person who cannot get hurt, who saved a burning orphanage during a zombie apocalypse <laughs> and basically took no prisoners because they were zombies took no reward larger than what seemed reasonable. You, you have to kind of fly under the radar just a little bit. And then is when you start making connections with maybe some of the other villains. Kind of a little bit of organized crime mafia thing where I'm not exactly running a syndicate, but I've at least got polite head nod understandings that I will leave them alone unless they interfere in my gain for office. So basically just a regular politician, but invulnerable. And that's how I would be a villain. So you would run for political office, but you've got 20 years. You've done your five-year plan. You set yourself up. You start turning yourself towards the political side. You, what, get elected mayor. Sure, let's say that took you 10 years. You've got an extra 10 years. What do you do with it? Still no superheroes to be seen. Do you run for president next? Oh yeah, the sky's the limit. It seems so easy to do it in real life, and you know, what is most of this fiction but a reflection on real life? So, I think the best way to get away with being a crook is to do it while pretending to answer to your citizens. You are much more politically savvy then I feel you've previously tried to sell. Oh, no, even better. I would instead 
propose my idea and convince them that this is either better or on the road to what they're asking for. This is what happens when you wind up with a superpower that doesn't have an immediate tangible reward. Because I guess you could go in fists to swinging, but it's only a matter of time before you tick off enough of the like super strength and I-beam people that they find a way to shackle you up. Because it doesn't necessarily come with super strength. I'd imagine with invulnerability, you would be able to use your maximum strength all the time. But either way, it's only a matter of time before they peg you down and outnumber you. And then they could just keep you locked up somewhere. I like your plan of attack. Prepare a visual identity to the community that is the opposite of your end goal. And then you become a more political supervillain. Essentially, I'm thinking something to the extent of the Kingpin. I don't know if I would necessarily run the same storyline procedure with my power of living forever. I would definitely say the first 20 years, it would be an investment in my future. Because I would be intentionally trying to prepare things. You know, like trying to stop superheroes from coming into existence would be my goal. Maybe try to get a mutant registration set up if I was a bad guy, but make sure that they don't know that I'm also a mutant so that I'm under the radar, but I can catalog everybody else and choose who I want to have join my team to wreak havoc on the planet. Because if I can live forever, and I had to be a supervillain, I think my end goal would be to control the world. I might have to get a sidekick and literally force them to have the name Pinky. They can't be that dumb, though. I already know how we're going to get the monkey into the spacesuit. You throw a banana in there. Exactly. It's the only way to do it. I feel they go one of two ways. Either you pick a power that has more of a visual impact, or you don't, and you say, play the safer route the way you and I have with the power choice, and then you wind up having to essentially take advantage of this superpower version of kind of a lack of accountability and just make decisions that you otherwise wouldn't. The movie that I'm stealing the original structure from. Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Exactly. Sharkboy and Lava Girl were supervillains allowed to run rampant for 20 years before anyone was able to stop them. Shoot, they didn't even get Mr. Freeze in on the game. And he wouldn't let anyone melt his frozen wife. So Lava Girl's gotta go. Exactly. So overrated. The movie was Thunder Force. And, although I liked the movie, it was a decent comedy. I just, I had so much issue with the original plot. They start with supervillains killing people. The supervillains get 20 years unopposed. And... When we get to the meat of the movie, there are three supervillains 
and only one of them seems to have like an actual super villainy power. One guy has lobster arms. Tell me how lobster arms is a superpower. When I say lobster arms, I mean little tiny pincer, like the legs that move them around, not the big beefy crack things open giant claw that has all the meat in it. Maybe it's a mutation. Not all mutations can be great. Family Guy made a great example of that. He got the Meg deal of it? Yeah, pretty much. I like your plans as a supervillain. I totally agree with the two different sides of living in an environment as a supervillain where there are no opposing good guys to be capable of stopping you and how that might change how you try to do what you want. This movie had the supervillains basically just knocking over liquor stores, and that bugged me. But at the same time, we've got a supervillain that's basically doing the same thing. The Noid. He's back, and he's attacking Domino's. He wants domino mination. He wants to dominate Domino's. Why? I don't know. His goal is to take them out as a business by making sure that any pizzas delivered are not satisfactory. Did Pizza Hut hire the Noid to take out their competition? Because I think he should be attacking Papa John's as well. I think he had it out for Domino's, and that was the thing. It was during a push for their delivery option. He was just jealous that... Caesar was killed by his best friend, Brutus. I mean, and the rest of the council. (laughs) But he also still has a cool spear with two pizzas on it, so... Everyone from the council was there. I mean, Jabba the Hutt, you know, proprietor of Pizza Hut. (laughs) The Red Baron, the Totino's chef. You always have to watch out for the Red Baron, because he can fly in at any moment. Chef Boyardee was there, and you know he helped the military out, so he's got connections. You know what he does with his enemies. It's spaghetti and a meatballs! <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so, what has the Noid come back for? Or did he just come across a social media post? I came across a social media post, which was the newest commercial for Domino's testing their driverless delivery option that is currently being tested in, I think it was the Heights in Houston, Texas. And the Noid is clearly trying to stop the deliveries from happening. And he's got some great stuff hiding in mallet space. He has this crazy chainsaw and like laser gun I actually am kind of curious, does that make him a super villain? Or is he just a bad guy? Does he fit the super villain protocol? Because he does pull those things out of mallet space. And the Joker's kind of a super villain, but he doesn't have a lot of super powers, right? To the extent that, I guess, Wiley Coyote does, he seems very resilient and able to survive the failure of his various traps. To try and ruin Domino's Pizza? I can see that. I think that is a valid 
example of why we should consider the Noid as a supervillain. Not only that, but he is a mini-boss in the newest Crash Bandicoot game that is being released. So the Noid is coming at you not just trying to stop your pizza delivery that doesn't have a driver, so he's much better at dodging things because he's driverless, as well as trying to interrupt your Crash Bandicoot progress so you get pizza in your face. Maybe a pizza pie in your eye. Well, hey, you know, this makes it the third canonical game that the Noid has ever been in. The other two were a lot earlier on in 1989. He was on a computer game called Avoid the Noid. And then later on in 1990, Capcom reskinned one of the games that it had as a Japan-only release to be a Noid game called Yo Noid. Interesting. Those just make me think of the 7-Up, the Spot game. I don't even think that's the actual name of the character. Yeah, I think it's the Cool Spot. Those were some unique games back in the late 80s, early 90s. Lots of product pushing in a masked video game concept. Let's be honest, marketing is still shameless, but it was a weird kind of shameless back in our day. Which also, come to think of it, this being 2021, it would mean that the Noid turned 35 this year, which means he could technically run for president. And seeing some of the candidates we've gotten in recent times, I think he could win. I would probably vote against him, though. His anti-pizza policy is something I can't get down with. I couldn't get down with his indiscriminate tree-trimming practices, where stuff just falls into the middle of the road willy-nilly. He could take out any driver, and we need safe roads. That's absolutely fine, because we could always hire a certain bandicoot to take care of him. He'll crash right through those logs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That would be a good way to stop the Noid. Because we can't avoid him at this point. Especially since the late, great Adam West has left us. I mean, you saw him take care of him. It was not too big of a struggle. I'm referring to a Family Guy bit where Mayor Adam West has the Noid bust in to try and ruin his pizza and... It proceeds to like a one and a half, two minute long struggle where he pretty much gets the better of the Noid and then snaps his neck. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Oh, clearly I don't remember this bit, but it makes me wonder, Domino's, have you forgotten your canonical information? The Noid is dead. You can't resurrect him. Or can you? Is that one of his superpowers? Resurrection? It just takes like four years for him to come back to life, ten years to come back to life. Does he have a big eye, small mouth resurrection ability that has an extremely long, delayed rollover for him to come back? Does he regenerate like the doctor? No. Well, we don't know if he's got two hearts, so that's some anatomy questions we're going to have to dive into. Speaking of 
Domino's Pizza and their supervillain that they have to fight off. Sometimes I am a little surprised at the supervillains that we have all around us. And when I say supervillains, I mean corporate food chains. They're supervillains. I mean, who has a guy that's literally the person that's supposed to steal burgers from yourself? McDonald's. The Hamburglar is not on your team. You should stop paying him to be in your business model. He's robbing you blind. His name is exactly the job he does. He burgles your hams. Do you think maybe he knows some of the people on the board and that's why he keeps showing up? Because it's not like they can actually tell him to leave? They can't fire him from the board of directors. They're just hoping that he'll either age out and they'll get to replace him or he'll quit? Yeah, pretty much. I imagine he's one of those. Somebody tried to get him out once and it just wound up biting them in the butt and getting them either demoted or fired. And so everyone remembers that now. What do you think McDonald's business model would be if the board of directors didn't exist and it was just run by the Hamburglar? Like Ronald somehow accidentally signed the deed over to the Hamburglar and the Hamburglar is like, oh, Grimace, your days are over, son. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cutting you off. Yeah, I think. Everybody hit up social media. Mike has to be the new voice of the Hamburglar. And this is like new dark reboot of the McDonald's crew. Okay, I got one more thing. Can we get Joaquin Phoenix to play Ronald McDonald? (laughs) Wait, what if we got Shia LaBeouf? How about Jack Nicholson? Are we talking Jack Nicholson from The Shining? Or are we talking... We're talking contemporaries here, so we'd have to go with current age Jack Nicholson. Like, we're making casting calls this week. So wag the dog, Jack Nicholson. All right. Pretty much. It's what we got. I feel like that's also 15 years out of date, because I don't remember when that movie came out. Let's take a moment, and just... Under the assumption of supervillains running things and having free access for 20 years. What do you think our fast food, large corporate businesses would look like if they were run by the supervillains that are somewhat internally built into their company model? I.e. Jack in the Box. Gentlemen, I don't think you did a good job with your marketing because of some bad moments, but you did make a video game, and that video game had a bad guy trying to stop Jack, and it was the mad cow. What do you think Jack in the Box would look like if it just had a supervillain that was a mentally insane cow, not... The mad cow. Or is that Burger King? Have I mixed things up? Maybe I've mixed things up. You have mixed things up, but I'm rolling with it. So Jack in the Box has a mad cow. Jack in the Box and Burger King, you have mad cows. One, unfortunately, did have mad cows. One has a video game bad guy called a mad cow. Hmm. Well, I think we'd probably see a lot more incidental crime happen. Like, just, you'd be driving down the street and then a minivan gets flung out from the parking lot at the Chick-fil-A. 
would they attack Chick-fil-A? Because it's a mad cow, and maybe it's in cahoots with the cows of Chick-fil-A to push chicken products on us. No, I mean, like, a customer got sassy, and so they decided they're just gonna throw them out of the drive through lane back onto the road. Oh, okay. You're evicted. So they pull a Seinfeld moment. No soup for you. No Chick-fil-A for you. <laughs> You've been evicted. You're out of line. Literally. I've tossed your vehicle out of line. Then I'd imagine that Little Caesar would probably be Hawkeye, but with a spear. <laughs> be able to nail anything moving like the size of a quarter from two city blocks away. I'm even more entertained because when you said Hawkeye, I thought of MASH. And I was like, oh, so you've got a drunk surgeon? Sure. We'll get into some 80s style shenanigans that make you laugh, but also make you think about the horrors of war. They really make you think about the fast food industry. Do you want to go through a drive through where the doctor might slip some alcohol into your soda? Or do you want to go to the one where if you sass back, the cows are going to literally fling your vehicle from the drive through line? So do you think Colonel Sanders would have military prowess? He would, but it would be in the exact opposite sense that you think. He would militarize the chickens because when they die, he now has food to prepare for his stores. He's got a rotating army that kills itself to feed itself and its customers. What about over at Burger King? Are we just using the king? Or are we also using the 90s Burger King Kids Club? You know, the group of cartoon kids that sort of look like a cross between the students from the Magic School Bus and the 90s X-Men? That's a really good question. I say we use the Kids Club because that gives you a much more diverse array of possible super villainy individuals. Maybe they become the Supreme Council. It's the beginning of the Burger King Republic. But you know what? I can't see why we couldn't have both. Meanwhile, the king is like the master of stealth. He essentially blends into plain sight. <laughs> he does have some really creepy commercials where he's just standing in the darkness waiting for you to turn around. And honestly, if you think back to that time they did the promotion with the omelet sandwich that they were serving for breakfast, that thing had so much fat in it, it may as well have come packaged with a defibrillator. So if he sneaks up with somebody with one of those sandwiches, I mean, he just needs to double fist him into your face and uh, suddenly you're needing an ambulance. Some food is just, it's super heavy in cholesterol or calories. Yeah, honestly, most fast food can just be weaponized as it is if you shove enough of it into people's faces. That would probably be the approach that Wendy from Wendy's would take. I think they would also need to have Dave Thomas rolling around there. Maybe they have a fight for supremacy between Dave and Wendy. 
So there'd be some sort of schism between, oh, well, in that case, you could have internal fights between a bunch of other stuff, too. Wildness abound. I think the KFC Taco Bell combo would be a force to be reckoned with because you have the Taco Bell Chihuahua, who, if you remember those commercials, he ended up as like the dictator ruler of some sort of Taco (laughs) Bell nation. He basically portrayed a slight variation of Che Guevara. Am I pronouncing that name right? Probably not. That or Che Guevara, I think, is another popular pronunciation. But yes, you have the leadership mind of this Chihuahua, whose obvious main superpower is the ability to speak human speak. And then you have the military might of the colonel to handle forces on land. And for the Navy, you have Long John Silver. Okay, I was about to ask. I know that they haven't done a trio building, but Taco Bell has done a KFC, but they've also done a Long John Silver combo building. Yes, so altogether, a force to be reckoned with. But aren't they just using the same employees? So half of your Navy is basically partially conscripted by your other division. Not necessarily. They have enough standalone locations that I think they can probably raise a good force. And like you said, the colonel has all those chickens. It's finally upon us, folks. You heard it here. Long John Silvers will release the Kraken so that you fall in line. And then, meanwhile, the three of them are going to go to war with the... Sovereign nation of burgers, as the Burger King does a political marriage with the Dairy Queen, and they retake the ancestral home of White Castle. (laughs) Does White Castle even have a figurehead, an image, a logo, person, a mascot? Is diarrhea a mascot? <laughs> uh maybe if you package it in the form of a slider, it might be a mascot. Maybe it's gotta be one of those mascots where like they do on the internet where it's this object walking around and they add like the stick figure arms or eyes and doodles on it. I mean, who are we joking? Nobody would accept a mascot that is pretty much the CEO of a large corporation. I didn't know they stacked poop that tall. (laughs) Are you trying to sneak an inch on me, son? Their logo, icon, whatever you would call it, is just the castle. So I feel it makes sense. They've been consistent, right? Just like a castle, that poop falls all the way down the wall. And if McDonald's is any sort of smart, that clown will be content enough as the court jester to that royal family. McDonald's has a good swath of tactical employees. First, you have the Hamburglar. He's literally crime. And he's friends with them. You've got Grimace. A giant purple Hershey kiss that I don't know what his superpower would be. But I'll tell you, he could roll you over. Holy crap. Mike, Mike. What? I think I just came to the realization. Aren't the three of them technically what happens when you prism break the Joker into three different parts? You have the criminal, 
You've got a happy man, a sad purple thing. <laughs> you have purple because the Joker's primary choice of wardrobe is purple. You have a cartoon style criminal. And then you have a clown. <laughs> I do love the idea of one part of the Joker just running around going rubble 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 nobody knows what he's saying he could be asking you to put down your guns he could be saying i swear i'm not going to kill you or he could be like put all the money in the bag you don't know hand gestures is all you got he could be asking you why so serious well i'll tell you one thing I don't know if I could enjoy a world where supervillains had 20 years to roam free. But if they did have 20 years, and all they did was knock over liquor stores for 20 (laughs) years... Mike's review of this movie, summarized here. I think that's a world I could live in, where supervillains aren't smart, and all they can think of is, maybe after 20 years to stop knocking off liquor stores and maybe try and run for mayor of Chicago. I think Mike is going to have to disgrace this film with the lowest review score that is acceptable, and that is an 8 out of 10. This gets two and a half supervillains out of, I don't know. It is a Ronald, a Hamburglar, and one-third of Grimace. (laughs) Probably just... Two pigtails from Wendy. That's all it gets. Now that we've kind of dove into a poor plot beginning to a movie about supervillains, dabbled into some of our personal viewpoints as possible supervillains with our superpowers, and what this world might look like if fast food chains were run by supervillains. Listeners, I want to ask you a question. If you could be a fast food supervillain, what would your superpower be? What would your name be? And what fast food restaurant would you be associated with? My question's a little bit different for you, listeners. It seems like we've done a good job of sort of cobbling together this fictional who's who pick sides war of the different fast food mascots. Someone that we didn't mention from the McDonald's crew is Birdie. What would Birdie's role be in this great war of high-sodium, high-fat, high-carb mayhem? As always, while we're still in the thick of it, remember, wash your hands, don't touch your face, get a shot, and... Stay away from that fire. Burning bad. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Mash that like button. Subscribe button. That button. Please slap some funnies on our Banter Banter Cast Facebook page. Or share Mike Facts with us on Twitter at Banter underscore cast or individually at Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. 
the podcast cover art is brought to us by at easy louisey based off of original art by at bobbin underscore goblins and last but not least the intro and outro to this episode is the most mysterious song on the internet get into your mystery machine and help us find out who created this magic <laughs>